0: FIS Castaway, the podcast keeping you in the know about the shipping and commodity world. To keep up to date, sign up to our FIS Live app at www.fis-live.com or follow us on Twitter and LinkedIn.
1: Okay, good morning and welcome to the latest edition of FIS's Castaway podcast. Myself, Alex here in London, Kerry working from home in London and Tom all the way from Singapore. Good morning, guys. So it's been quite an eventful week, um, just across the board. Uh, obviously, the main thing that's that's kept in uh, us busy is the U.S. election, and that's obviously sort of finally concluded with Biden being uh, declared president elect. How that then uh, evolves into him actually being a standing president, we will we are yet to see. It's going to be interesting to watch. I beg your pardon, Kerry. I said it will be interesting to watch. It will indeed. Um, Pfizer, um, notorious for some sort of other pills that I've never heard of, uh, have announced that trials of a vaccine are 90% effective. The market's reacted very positively to this. um, And there does seem to be a a bit of a lighter atmosphere around London itself on the back of this news that there is light at the end of the tunnel. Let's just hope it's not a train. Um, UK unemployment figures rose to 4.8%. Perhaps not as bad as they can be, but still a bit of a grim figure. That's going to provide a challenge for the UK government over the next 12 to 18 months, no doubt. Um, Other headlines that have been highlighted to me. Turkey's finance minister has resigned. Uh, The US Attorney General authorised a probe into possible election fraud. So that will be one to keep an eye on. Peru's president stood down after an impeachment vote and the UK government suffered a heavy defeat in the Lords on its internal market bill. Uh, The ongoing tariff war uh, between the EU and the US uh, escalated with some tariffs being applied to the Airbus Boeing dispute. That's an argument that no doubt will take off in the new year. Um, And unfortunately, dozens were killed by Storm Eta after mudslides in Central America, with Guatemala and Nicaragua being especially hit hard. Gents, any thoughts on those news headlines, or anything you want that I might have missed out that you think's worth having uh, been noted today on today's podcast? Alex, I
2: don't have anything to add to the headlines, but uh, as the honorary American in the group, I thought I had a a few items that just came to mind on the election that I wanted to mention. Um, The first one being that despite this media narrative that's developed around the election, uh, the Biden win was not actually that close. According to Nate Silver at FiveThirtyEight.com, uh, extrapolating out from the current vote totals, he projects Biden winning the popular vote by around 4.3 percentage points, possibly moving up to five percentage points, uh, getting almost 82 million votes versus Trump 75 million, uh, in a turnout of around 160 million. So this could easily be a very substantial victory. In fact, it is a very substantial victory. It's the largest percentage margin since Obama in 08 and the largest percentage defeat of an incumbent since Reagan beat Carter in 1980. Uh, so I think it's interesting to watch the media narrative around how this hinged on a on a razor's edge, which largely developed around the very, very low vote count. Uh, and the other thing I wanted to point out is that probably these fraud claims are just noise. The next couple of months might be rough, but there really is no path unto a victory in which five states flipped to Biden. Um, In addition, the Republicans down-ballot did a lot better than they expected, picking up in the House and defending likely their Senate majority, which means a lot of voters split their vote, uh, voting against Trump for president, but voting for the Republicans down-ballot, making this a a very, very personal referendum on Trump himself. Um, And I just had a couple of thoughts on what might change and what won't change, uh, and I'd like to throw those out for discussion. What will change? Well, from a commodity standpoint, relatively little in the short term, although the biggest changes will be in foreign policy and a likely end to the ongoing trade dispute, at least among the Western powers. I think we're going to see a quick move to put to rest uh, trade wars between the EU and the U.S., Canada and the U.S., and Mexico and the U.S. Um, There will obviously be a renewed commitment to both renewables and science, uh, with Biden rejoining the Paris Accords and the WHO on his first day, he said, uh, "We can expect to shift a lot of U.S. government spending, including hundreds of billions in business stimulus that was actually earmarked but never spent from the last stimulus package earlier in the year, toward green energy, biotech, etc." Uh, but what won't change here is very interesting and just as important: the U.S.-China tensions are not going away. Uh, there is a bipartisan consensus now to remain tough on China. So, it may be that Biden tries to lower the temperature a little bit, but he certainly won't be making any concessions to end this trade war with China anytime soon. Uh, and I think the support for US domestic manufacturing, uh, a policy of trying to encourage domestic manufacturing, is going to continue. Uh, and finally, without any control of the Senate, uh, expects Biden to have to rule from the center. He'll need to grab whatever few votes he can get uh, from the remaining. Romney and Collins to pass, frankly, what will have to be firmly balanced and centrist tax and trade legislation um, and stay where. Well. I think that changes,
0: Kerry, if he can secure the two um, senator posts from Georgia in the runoff in January.
2: I, I, You know, that would be very interesting to see if they can, given that they flipped Georgia in the presidential election, uh, which was a remarkable feat in and of itself. My instinct here is that flipping both of those Senate seats. Will be a very tall order in a runoff election, but uh, but again, given the organization that they put together to flip the entire state in the presidential vote, never say never. If they do that, uh, which I would rate as not likely but possible, then I think you can certainly expect a much more ambitious domestic policy agenda, universal health care, et cetera, et cetera. So look for some big effects on the pharmaceuticals in particular there. Um, however, if they don't do that again, he's going to have to to, to sail pretty close to the center here. Um, you know, there are a few moderate Republicans who will probably vote with them in the Senate on, on easy to pass bills and basic sort of fiscal stimulus measures, et cetera, but, um, but uh, nothing too ambitious uh, on domestic policy. The president has a lot of leeway in foreign policy, though. This is why it's gonna be trade wars, foreign policy. That's really where the, the major sh- shift in tone is gonna to come from, I suspect.
0: And in terms of the noise at the moment around you, know, as, as Alex mentioned, the Attorney General Barr has opened up this investigation or permitted this investigation. Do you think there's any, I mean, there hasn't been any evidence come to fruition at this point? Is it just muddying the waters at this point and hopefully he goes quietly at some point in the not too distant future? This is just about his ego or do you think there is anything, you know,
2: it's 100% about his ego, I, I have to say. There, there's zero evidence materialized so far. Um, he is running in the waters, and, and frankly, it's a bit sad to see the state of our democracy these days, I suppose. Well, I mean, that's what I was going to say. I think it's
0: actually quite sad that the Republican Party, the GOP, as they like to be called, <laughs> are not really standing up to that name in the... the they are putting one person over a democracy and over a constitution at the moment. It doesn't seem to reflect very well, as you said, on on your democracy or America as a country.
2: No, and, and it will cause trouble. Uh, fundamentally, though, you know, you've got to remember Biden flipped five states, uh, and Trump actually needs four of those back in order to, to win the election. So, you yeah,
0: the reality is now for for all of Biden's term, whether it's one, two, or the, the Democrats' term, or if Kamala Harris takes over at some point in the next four years um, there are going to be a lot of people in America that now think that this election was rigged um, because of what is being said at the moment with no evidence. You know, We've seen that truth has died over the last four years and people believe anything and that is going to be the background with which this current uh, or the new sorry, new president will have to navigate right back. Yeah, I, I think right.
2: true. Um I think it's worth noting I think it's worth noting, Tom, that that would have been the case whichever way the election went, unfortunately, at this point. Um I think you would have had a lot of Democrats if Trump had won by a razor thin margin, probably at least initially, uh, feeling like the election had been um, somehow yeah. rigged. However, uh would they have taken it to this length of sort of filing meritless lawsuits in every state? I doubt it. Um, But, you know, this is where we are now. Um, And the reality is Biden is reasonably well positioned to talk to anyone who's willing to listen and try and lead from the center. Uh, He's certainly much more of a centrist than Trump ever was. However, uh, you know, the question now is, is anyone willing to listen? Um, You know, are there Trump supporters that are willing to say, you know what, as long as he doesn't do anything too radical, that's fine. I won't object too much. and that's really the question we have to
1: answer Okay, a quick question for you, just something I was reading uh, on Twitter I mean, Kate, these allegations of, you know, fraud and, and misbehaving and all the rest of it are a pretty sad end to um, these elections especially during a tough time for everyone a question that was posed was, if you had to apply a credit rating to these elections what would you, what would you give them? Junk Yeah Not AAA, right?
2: <laughs> uh, you, you know, I, I, I just, I, I don't think that is true. You know, I, I've got to say, I think 160 million people voted. Um, there is so far zero evidence of any serious vote fraud anywhere or ballots being lost or discounted uh, for improper reasons. And so, you know, I, I think I would be inclined to give it uh, a fairly strong rating, but um, you know this was an unprecedented election sort of something like in some states 10 times as many people as in the previous election voted by post uh which presented immense logistical challenges that's why the results took so long to count um but you know you've got hundreds and hundreds of thousands of nonpartisan volunteers across the country who really worked very hard to to get all of this done and you know despite all the, the horrific noise now coming out about voter fraud we're, we're just not seeing any substantial evidence. I think this will fade away. The rest of the world, look at this, has moved on already. Um, you know, Boris Johnson spent half an hour on the phone with Biden yesterday congratulating him, uh, as did the other European leaders. Uh, China still have not
0: acknowledged him, though, have they? <laughs> China,
2: and Russia, surprisingly, have not. <laughs> um, and, uh, and so, and I think it'll take Putin quite a while to get around to the idea, probably. But, uh,
0: putin uh, been Trump somewhere.
2: You know, I, I think in a way we need to look at the the bright side here. What small silver linings there are, and and one of the well, one of the larger ones of those is the election did largely go off without violence and without too much of a hitch. Um, no matter what Trump and his supporters decide to say now, there, there's really no evidence that this election was run badly. So, um, so you know, that's that's a little
1: bit promising. Okay. Um, Not not to leave the US elections just yet, but just, what do you think Biden means for green energy? Do you think this is lip service? Do you think he's going to allocate proper resources and start pointing the US away from dependency on traditional fossil fuels? Or was it just part of his campaign to to say these words, green energy and uh, Paris climate accord and, you know, sort of other cliches? Or have we got a, a major leader... At a major economy, who's actually going to take us away from fossil fuels to a, a cleaner and greener energy uh, complex?
2: I suppose it, it comes from what, what, how much faith you put in his campaign statements. I tend to think it's somewhere in between. We know Biden's a centrist. We know absolutely that he's not actually against fracking, for example. Um, you know, so don't expect. U.S. natural gas and shale gas production to uh, to end anytime soon. Although you could argue that the the oil price itself was putting uh, an end to that um, uh, over the past year. Um, you know, I, I think, do- think
0: we've hit the nail on the head there, though, Kerry. I think the realities of the energy market at the end of this year are going to be the driving factor. If people want to package that up and parcel it as you know, this is government policy driving it, then I. I I, I don't really care. I think it's the, the, a lot of it is going to be market-driven. And exactly. we've seen fossil yeah, fuel prices have come off. The incentive to find new sites, as we've seen with the write-downs from BP, from Shell this year, are fairly enormous. And the, the cost of solar, the cost of hydro, the cost of, of wind power is now, broadly speaking, across the world cheaper than it is to burn coal. Um, so
2: the market, The market has spoken... Uh, package it however you want. Um, the one thing you will see from him, whether this has a major effect or not, again, I, I tend to agree with Tom here. Um, certainly, one of the first things he'll do is close back off the remaining wildlife preserves in Alaska and in the continental U.S. from drilling. Uh, so you won't you won't be seeing any more oil exploration in in the um, within the wildlife preserves uh, that uh, that Trump was commissioning. Um, but you know, aside from that. Does he have a lot of authority to do anything really substantial? Like I said, the biggest one is probably the use of that that earmarked but non-spent money from the last round of stimulus, uh, which does amount to several hundred billion dollars, apparently. Um, I could see him swinging that towards green energy um, and sort of new modern job initiatives, something like the biofuel industry. I mean, I do so.
0: think America's energy independence, though, will remain a key factor for the U.S., right? so yeah yeah
2: absolutely what we won't go back to is the days of importing vast amounts of saudi oil of course but yeah. um yeah but uh, but i just don't think that's on the cards regardless of of who is in office so
1: will, will this be the catalyst to to sort of alleviate the the twen- the curse of 2020 is it is it going to be a positive outlook for the next 12 to 18 months do you guys think
0: vaccine new person in the white house what's not to be happy about alex
1: yeah, exactly. I, I tend to agree. We
2: we try not to be partisan here, but I think that um my view is having somebody who, who supports basic scientific consensus in the White House is not gonna be a bad thing, especially as we try and get out of this pandemic.
1: Okay, good to hear. So it's all it's all uh, coming up roses. Nice nice to hear guys. Good way to, to start our podcast. So um if we'll move on then from the US election, let you guys have anything else to add on any of those other headlines. I will take you through a couple of indices that have been provided to us by some of the youngsters on the desk for the purpose of our discussion. And looking at the wet freight indices where I've had figures provided to me by Brandon Kayser, the TC2 week on week is up 6.5%. The TC5 up 8.4%. Now the TD3C, the most heavily traded of the the clean routes is is down 0.5% from 25.79 to 2567 Perhaps not a, that dramatic a move, but worth noting. And uh, the TD25, this is a, a figure of note, is up 22.6% week on week, from 3958 to 4854 Um And I then I'll move you quickly on to some oil uh, uh, figures set by, by Sam Twyford uh, of Upminster, the undergraduate of the fuel oil desk. Well, the January contract for Brent week on week up not 9.82%. Um, the Rotterdam, three point five percent up, five point three percent. The Singapore three hundred and eighty contract, Tom, up eight point four six percent, and the Singh High Five up nineteen point two three percent. Basically, to cut a long story short, a lot of their stuff is up. Um, what What do you think of that? A lot of that's going to be the
2: back of the vaccine, isn't it? Um, on Monday, I mean, the crude price jumped what ten percent on the Monday
1: alone. So, are we trading sentiment over fundamentals in the in the oil market at the moment? Interesting question.
0: I think this week, absolutely. I think all markets. You, you saw the rally across all, all markets globally on on Monday, right? As that news came out, I think equities were up six percent at one point. Intraday highs on the on the S and P five hundred, um, like all time high intraday highs on the on the S and P. Um, Corrected back down to a smaller small rise on the day, but I think everything is now around that that Pfizer story, and and I suppose the knock on story that comes with it is that it you know it provides hope that the other vaccines are going to be positive as well. Um, so yeah, I think it is a pure sentiment play this week across pretty much every every asset class.
1: Well, I mean, one of the uh, very interesting equity movements in the UK this week was British Airways, and on the back of uh, the sort of the Pfizer announcement, I think it was up. I can't remember the exact figure. I'd have to double check it.
0: Forty-two percent, it was, Alex. How much?
1: Sorry, forty-two percent. Yeah, yeah. That, that's a mega move, right? And that, for me, is pure sentiment. That's people getting their holiday calendars out, having that's a look, seeing when they can go and enjoy some time with all of their families again. Um, you know, so potentially, you know, this this was a this this Pfizer news has just got such wide-reaching um, implications.
2: Well, I, I think I think as well that as as Tom said, it's a sentiment play right now. But let's not forget that the Oxford-AstraZeneca trials should publish within the next, let's say, four weeks or so as well. Uh, and the idea that a second successful vaccine trial would come to an end if it is successful, I think, would give a lot more support than just sentiment. At that point, you have two major vaccines already in production.
1: That would look
0: they've, they've got a long way to go before they're produced, though, right? They've, they've got a few hurdles to clear still, and the, the delivery mechanism of the Pfizer one sounds less than less than easy. Um, so it's, it's yeah. pre-vaccines, and I think that Health England. I was reading something the other day say for for current vaccination programs where it requires two 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 jabs or more. There's a ten point drop. Between the first and second injection, um, which is obviously not going to be particularly helpful, um, you know, if that sort of trend follows through on this as well, I think we probably assume that it wouldn't, as this is such a big thing now. Um, but uh, and it's got to be transported at minus seventy degrees and held at minus seventy degrees until twenty-four hours before delivery. So that basically means that normal doctor surgeries, et cetera, et cetera, can't deliver this vaccine. It has to be done at very specialised clinics that have that freezing technology and the actual logistics of moving it are going to be tricky. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how that plays on the air cargo market as well, because there's going to be some very specialised transportation to move those
2: Absolutely.
1: around. Um, let's, get, let's get some, we'll get an opinion out of Peter Stallion, our air freight uh, guru for, for next week on that. I think that's a, that's a really interesting aspect. Yeah. absolutely
2: again this is why you know multiple vaccines coming through at the end of this year could
1: change the outlook dramatically i think and actually lend some genuine support to what's now a sentiment play okay just on, on the notes that chris provided with uh, me about the oil market one of the interesting points here is well two actually i'll bring them up that the veto ceo sees oil prices heading towards 50 a barrel now he uh, he doesn't give a, a time frame but that does that seem realistic perhaps by the end of q1 21 to you guys
0: I mean, I think I remember talking about this sort of scenario playing out um, when we were just talking about oil in a bit more detail in the podcast a number of months ago. Obviously, there's you know a, there's been a lot of shut-ins, right, to, to control the price, control the the actual oil production. So I think you know what has been talked about is if you know these the shut-ins on on production do stay in play, as and demand recovers very quickly as a vaccine comes online, it will take time to get capacity back to the market. Um, so there's a possibility that there is a supply side lag um, early next year. So I, I guess it is entirely feasible. Uh, and you've seen how quickly we saw on Monday, how quickly the price can, can move, fairly sizable amount. So, you know, Seven dollars from where we are now doesn't seem entirely unrealistic.
2: Okay, well, I don't think it is. I don't think it is. But again, a lot of it will come down to development over the coming month or two.
1: And I mean, the other thing that Chris has highlighted is, is the return of Iran to sort of uh, the wider global community. One of uh, by well, the president elects' vows is to sort of lift sanctions against Iran. So I mean, that should reduce tensions in theory in in the Middle East arena and increase su- supply to the market. So. All in all, this you know again another bit of positive news.
2: Yeah, I agree. I agree. I, I tend not to think that these things move quite as fast as the media likes to portray them. Again, so how fast he can find an agreement with Iran uh, and, and and an agreement that is solid enough that warrants lifting sanctions, I think that'll be interesting to see. But yeah,
1: okay, very interesting. All right. Well, I mean. Uh, Tom, anything from you on the iron ore market this week? Any notes of interest that you'd like to make our listeners aware of?
0: Um, I mean, I think uh, just in terms of you know, the discussions we've been having around the election, around the sentiment play, I mean, last week on iron ore up to Friday was pretty pretty dull, uh, not much going on. Um, and then on Friday, um, as there seemed to be a bit of certainty around the election, um Outcome sort of coming into coming into sort of focus a little bit. It, it did rally fairly aggressively, broke through some technical levels, um, and we've sort of been on a on a tearaway uh, upwards since then. Um, so in terms of index numbers, um, <clears throat> the 62%, the the Platts index last. Tuesday, the third was one hundred seventeen dollars seventy, uh, and yesterday the tenth was one hundred twenty-three dollars thirty, so up four point seven five percent. And the sixty-five, not quite as strong, uh, up from one hundred thirty dollars to one hundred uh, thirty dollars forty to one thirty-four dollars eighty, so three point four percent. It's, I think, a lot of that is sentiment play around um, just some global stability um, again. Possibly, uh, there is a view that uh, Biden might not be quite so aggressive on China. Albeit, as Kerry was saying, there is broadly bipartisan, you know, agreement that China is a threat that needs to be needs to be managed by the West, uh, and that sort of that probably will continue even if it's not quite as strong. But um, definitely a sentiment based rally on Friday afternoon and carrying in into this week. Um, in terms of Fundamental stuff. Not really much to talk about this week. Pervading themes that we've been talking about for the last couple of weeks, sort of continuing to play out. Steel uh, stock is still massively high. Draws are coming, as would be expected, but not in sort of sufficient quantity to to be making real gain, um, real headway in those stockpiles. So, lo- looking to see some significant price action to the downside one would expect coming into sort of next year but but not really much in the way of fundamentals to talk about this week
1: okay interesting all right um Kerry, anything from you from the dry freight market that you'd like to highlight to us today it's been a pretty lackluster week uh to be honest
2: um and a very disappointing one overall the uh in terms of index movements the cape 5tc average uh, moved down to 14781 that's down 4.2% from last Wednesday. Uh, the Panamax 4TC moved down 722 bucks, or 7.3% from last Wednesday, to 9194 Um, I mean, the Cape, in terms of the falling rate we saw in the previous week, that simply continued, especially in the Pacific, where they seem to lack any energy with relatively few iron ore cargos moving. Most sources, interestingly, indicate no coal cargoes have been discharged on either Cape or Panama since that 6th of November order from the Chinese government. Uh, lending, you know, lending credence to the fact that they're a little bit serious about this order to pull to bar these coal imports as well as copper, timber, barley, and many other products from Australia for the time being. Uh, this is actually increasing congestion in the short term. According to IHS market, commodities at sea figures 79 capes are now waiting at anchorage off China port to discharge coal cargoes. But that's not really helping rates given the lack of new stems coming out of Australia to China. Uh, Brazil continues to be surprisingly weak in terms of their exports to China. Uh, that C3 index still hovering in the mid 14s per metric meter capes. Um, with- and the, you know, the paper on the front months made a valiant attempt to rally against the vaccine news at the start of the week, but gave up all those games yesterday to close with the Nov contracts trading around 14.6 and the December at 14.500, according to FIS Live at the close last night. Um, I think the Panamax was actually a bit more interesting case this week. Um, unusually moving a higher percentage, but alas, as well in a negative direction. This was driven by weakness in the Atlantic, primarily. Front Hall index shedding over 1500 bucks a day since last Wednesday. In the East, the Panamaxes have been reasonably supported by no-pack rounds, to U.S. grain exports, uh, but the Aussie coal situation also hitting those Panamaxes as well. Uh, paper rallied again with the rest of the market on Monday. The Panamaxes have held some of the gains slightly better than the Capes, with the NAV and Deck contracts, both closing last night in the region, 9,600. That's up about 300 bucks on where we were
1: uh, on the previous week. Okay. All right. Well, at least you, you got some news out of the market then. Um, well, Gents, if you've, got nothing else, if you've got nothing else to discuss, we can start wrapping things up on what has probably been one of our more positive-facing uh, uh, podcasts since we started this at the beginning of the of the pandemic here in the UK. Um, we have a few things of note coming up over the next few weeks here at FIS, which you can keep up to date on on the FIS live app with all our news and live prices and where you can set your own price alerts if you have an account. Um, but we have a Brazil special coming up with somebody from the Brazilian embassy in London who will be speaking uh, about Brazil. And we are looking to host a sort of special edition Christmas Uh, podcast hopefully if I get my way in the form of a pub quiz. Um, So if you have nothing else that you'd like to add um, I'll I'll bid you goodbye and uh, we will speak next week. Thanks Alex.
0: Thanks Alex. Thanks Terry.